Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I hope this podcast finds you well. Today is going to be yet another consultation episode, a live consultation episode, because the last couple of episodes have been this format where I speak to a real life parent and we have a chat like a consultation would be and they've been really super popular and today I wanted to do I think I've done one on six months 12 months and today we are going to be looking at sleep around the two-year-old mark so today I am going to be talking to Becky she is mum of miles and one on the way yay I remember to say that and we are going to be talking all things toddler sleep related hi Becky how are you hi good thank you how are you yeah good yay we've got there <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried. We're laughing because it's literally taken us half an hour to even get to this point to record. <laughs> and I thought at one point I wasn't ready to do it because I was laughing so much. There was passwords, <laughs> we couldn't record it, and there was audio, but we're here now and it's all good. Becky, how that. are you? <laughs> yes, good. Yeah, good to finally be recording. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I was like, oh my gosh, because I cut I do everything to the wire. Like I don't really plan much. You probably mm-hmm. and um uh, this is going to be out next tuesday and it's that we're recording this on thursday and i was like oh my goodness what am i going to do with no podcast next week and no <laughs> but we've got here and i'm really looking forward to talking to you welcome to the me too thank you thank you for having me no worries well i'm hoping this episode is not only going to help you and it's going to help me. You get to talk about Miles and get some sleep suggestion tailored to his sleep story. Yeah. I get a podcast episode, hopefully, if it is actually recording, because <laughs> quite frankly, at this point, anything is possible. <laughs> and also, um, people, parents listening to this, I'm hoping are going to find it really helpful. The feedback yeah. to the last couple of episodes were really good. So, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about you. Talk to us a little bit more about Miles. Yeah, so um, I'll start with Miles because he's the star. Um, so <laughs> oh, he <laughs> he turned two in March. Um, he is a fireball of energy. He just um, goes and goes and goes. He's great. Um, seems to have FOMO when it comes to nighttime sleep, though. Um, his afternoon nap, we've got down to a tea. He'll, we'll bring him up and he's asleep within like 30 seconds. It's, it's amazing, but the nighttime does not um he does not do the same at nighttime it takes quite a while um anywhere yeah. from half an hour to an hour to get him to sleep um he'll go to sleep in his bed um he's still in a cot at the moment and we're looking to transition at some point but he'll go down anywhere from two to three hours and then he'll be awake crying sometimes if we're lucky we can get him and calm him down and get him back into bed and, and back to sleep other times we're not so lucky um, and he ends up in bed with us, um, which before I was pregnant was fine. But now I'm in 
<clears throat> the latter stages of pregnancy is just not comfortable for anybody now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, yeah, we need to kind of figure out what we're doing. We've tried me- other methods with him um, when he was I think about 11 months old, just before I was about to go back to work. Um, and we tried crying out. I really didn't want to, but we felt like it was our last resort. Um, and he just cried until the point where he threw up. And that was it for me. I'd, I could not do it anymore. I couldn't yeah. just sit there and listen to him cry to the point where he was sick anymore. So we just scrapped that. And then we just carried on as we were going. And now a year later, we're still, he's still not sleeping through, which is, you know, fine for him. He, it's not affecting him in any way, shape or form. Um, and it wasn't affecting us as a couple or our sleep up until recently when I got pregnant and, and now in the later stages of pregnancy. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. And congratulations with your one on the way. That's great. Thank exciting. you. Do you know what you're having? Yeah. Other than a baby. Um, another boy. So <laughs> I will be outnumbered. I know. Well, that's very exciting. Well, I just want to actually lots of things I want to reassure you. First of all, is I just want to reassure you that I'm not anti anything. I'm not anti sleep training. I'm not anti crying it out. I'm just here to offer an alternative. And for some babies, it it and for some families that feels like a good fit for them. It works Mm -hmm. for them. Amazing. All I ever want for families are two. Well, lots of things, but the two main things are that they get the sleep that they need. Like sleep is settled, and they do it in a way that works for them and sometimes we have to try these things to see whether it works and as you said before you mentioned this in our little pre-chat that as soon as he was getting upset that was it he fucked it that first night and that was yeah. it and I think that's so important I always think these things are worth a go if they feel a fit for you yeah. and yeah. you want to give it a go but you did you listen to your instincts and was like nope this isn't working and you parked it and it's I can't tell you how you're going to feel about that because only you know how you feel Mm -hmm. it's it's happened lots of people try it it doesn't work and go on to find more satellites it's so many if it any reassurance so many parents that work with me on a sleep service like one-to-one they have tried that and it didn't work and then we work together and move forward Mm -hmm. so I'm not here to judge anybody I'm not here to, to add to sleep show I'm not here for I'm not here for any of that I am here solidly for reassurance and to share that there is an alternative if a that didn't if you tried it and it didn't work or it doesn't feel a fit for you that's all um it's yeah and I'm I'm really happy that you I wasn't sure whether you're going to share that Becky but I am glad that you shared that because I'm sure some people listening will find that reassuring Mm -hmm. it can help them follow a to follow their instincts and just know that they're not alone yeah yeah for sure I think if we shut down these conversations I don't think that's particularly helpful no I agree and the other thing I just wanted to reassure you because always here for the reassurance bucket loads of it is that um Toddlers can find sleep tricky. You probably know that because <laughs> yeah. we're talking an understatement of the, the call today. <laughs> but I think we were talking about this before again, that there's so much talk about baby sleep, which is why I use the word small, really, because it's mm-hmm. for all ages. Um, but toddlers find sleep tricky too. And sleep isn't necessarily sorted or settled by a set age. And what I say for babies very much stands for toddlers too. It is completely normal for toddlers not to be sleeping through the night it's completely normal for toddlers to have needs and feeds at night time mm-hmm. it's completely normal for them for their sleep to shift around to miss all of those things 
but it doesn't mean that your toddler is broken you're doing something wrong and they're never going to get to settle children get older and if it hasn't settled I just notice that we shush it down we again we avoid that conversation because there's so much there is judgment out there isn't there there's judgment there really there's is. pressure um so yeah it is completely normal if you're listening to this and your toddler is finding sleep a little tricky or a lot it's a complete shish show you are not alone you aren't doing anything wrong and your toddler isn't broken and if 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 that's all you needed was a little bit of reassurance to carry on and wait out amazing and if it isn't working for you like I'm always going to share that because that is natural and normal but at the same time if it gets to the point where it's not working for you like you said the co-sleeping isn't working for you um or anything the frequent wake-ups the bedtime tussle the co-sleeping whatever's going on if it isn't working for you chances are that there's some gentle changes we can make changes with care to help improve mm-hmm. everybody's sleep how does that sound amazing so what I'm going to do now is um I've just with Becky that there was nothing we need to take into consideration there's no weight concerns no reflux no health imp- um, considerations there's nothing like that and I'm quietly confident that for miles whatever's going on is biological and mm-hmm. that chances are we can put a plan in place to move forward I think it's really important for practitioners whatever that whatever they're practicing in to stay in their scope of practice so it doesn't matter how far down the podcast we got sleep service if I felt it was a outside of my scope of practice I wasn't qualified to give this advice I would always halt it and signpost you on to the appropriate support I think that's really important but Mm -hmm. as far as Mars is concerned quietly confident it's biological and the other thing I just wanted it's worth mentioning and I'm going to do a post about this next Monday just kind of tie in with this week this podcast is that again there's a lot of talk about babies not manipulating you and then Mm -hmm. kind of suddenly changes I don't know where that tipping point is (laughs) but it suddenly changes around 18 to 20 months where all of a sudden their behavior or their crying it's manipulation Mm -hmm. and I just want to give you reassurance that toddlers cannot manipulate you any more than your baby can I think that's so important Uh, yeah I'm not sure how a toddler could even think about manipulating you yeah. they're still so young <laughs> yeah they're still so really young. young they really are and it's actually quite a complex process I know they might not be giving you this impression and I understand it might not feel like it um, but in order to manipulate you they need three parts of their brain fully wired and that doesn't happen until puberty and beyond mm-hmm. so toddlers are no more able, able to um manipulate than your baby is I think that's really important toddlers yeah. when they're crying or their behavior have it they're crying emotional meltdown I'm not a massive fan of the word tantrum but that is what a lot of parents when I as emotional meltdown yeah. or tantrum they're fighting bedtime they're waking up at night time they're not staying in bed they're doing all of those things it's not manipulation they're mm-hmm. communicating to you and I think that's I really wanted to get that across as well today yeah. because I do. Where do you think that tipping point is? I think it's around 18 months, between 16 and 18 months. I think um, there there seems to be this thing that as soon as they can walk, then that's it. They're no, you know, they're not a baby anymore. They're no, they can think of all of these things and they can manipulate you and everything that they're doing is they're doing it for a reason. Yeah. And if they look older as well, I think that also adds to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think as well because Miles goes to um, 
nursery and we had a parents evening type situation with them um, and they were saying that his development in terms of speech is ahead of where he should be and along with that comes a um, not a judgment but a I guess a more of like a he knows what he's doing kind of Mm. expectation maybe yeah like he you know he knows he's not going to sleep on time or he knows he's doing this on purpose or whatever and I just think it's a load of rubbish yeah no I completely agree with you there's definitely cause and effect like there's definitely unwanted bit or undesirable behavior there's definitely things that don't work mm. um there's definitely emotional outbursts oh my goodness I could do a whole podcast episode on things I've had I've had emotional tantrums or emotional outbursts on mm-hmm. like that definitely happens but it is not manipulation no definitely not like cool I thought that was worth going through But I think what we would like to do today is I would just like to go through what's happening. So just to to recap what's happening for Miles. He has a a nap during the day. Bedtime is a bit of a bedtime tussle. It gets pushed quite late, I understand. Um, So it's not that it gets pushed quite late. He can, we'll get him to sleep anytime between seven and eight o'clock. But it's that period between seven and eight o'clock that is tough. And yeah, really quite tough, actually. And he will fight it until the very last second. Um, Yeah, that's that's the bit that's and it never used to be like that either. Even when he still wasn't sleeping through, we could still get him down calmly and within 15, 20 minutes. But it's only probably the last seven months where it's become more of a struggle. Yeah, makes total sense. And again, I just want to reassure you that is that toddlers smalls are constantly changing so what might have worked for quite some time or quite a while can all of a sudden just stop working altogether or it changes it is completely normal and then also he's a little bit unsettled at night time so what I would like to discuss today then are his naps I'm going to write a list so his naps his bedtime resistance which is yeah. that, that resistance is real it's complete normal. we'll yeah. go through that and then the unsettled night and then the moving away from co-sleeping I heard that yeah. that really isn't working for you anymore no and especially not with another baby on the way no it makes total sense cool shall we do you have any questions so far um no I don't think so no it's all made sense and yeah you don't have any sleep questions or anything um, not that I can think of, but I'm sure I'll probably have some as we go. <laughs> cool. And if it, as they come up, more than happy to answer them. Cool. Okay. Well, it's the same, but my theory doesn't really change for toddlers and for older ones. Yes, there's definitely less focus on the naps, but everything else still stands. Everything, mm-hmm. sleep is all about biology. I'm still very much about supporting toddlers to their biological best. I know there's <laughs> a lot of pressure to get toddlers to sleep through the night. Yeah. Adults, not all adults do that either. It is normal for them to wake up, need a feed and or, or a drink and to wake up at night time. It's when it becomes unsustainable or we need to do something to get back, get them back to sleep. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And I still very much look at, um, I, it's not about behaviour. I think that comes up, again, that tipping point. That's a really good point, Becky, about when they start walking, that that becomes a tipping point and that we just have so much more expectation on them. I think more pressure on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. 
<laughs> what was I talking about before? The naps. Oh, um, damn it. It was really good. <laughs> the expectation. Yes, yeah, ex the whole sleeping through the, I know, so looking at all areas. So it's still very much looking, everything is linked for your toddler. There won't be just one reason behind an unsettled night of sleep. And I suddenly, oh yeah, I know what I was talking about, the behaviour. Sleep doesn't just all of a sudden they hit a certain age and sleep becomes behavioural. Mm -hmm. Sleep at any age is still about biology, always, but sometimes mm -hmm. behaviour. Behaviour isn't bad, ever. It's just simply behavior is communication and that can change as they get a little bit older but it's mm -hmm. still very much looking at my classic four sleep steps naps if they're still having a nap which miles is yeah time bedtime routine bedtime boundaries how they're going to sleep what we're doing at night time yeah so i got back on track there i panicked there for a minute <laughs> but what we're gonna do is start with miles's nap okay or nap find out what's working what isn't and then we'll just go through naps and bedtime bedtime routine bedtime routine. okay right. how does that sound sounds good cool so at the moment he's on one nap a day he is yes cool. and what time is this um so when he's at nursery they put him down at about 10 to 12 but when he's at home with us he goes down about half past 12 <clears throat> and how long will he sleep for um, nursery anywhere between 50 minutes to an hour and a half um, at home anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours okay okay well first of all I just want to talk about nap needs at two years old because like most things on my approach nap needs are around the two-year-old mark vary from toddler to toddler mm -hmm. and how much they need will very much depend on miles or people listening your toddler and some toddlers at this age sleep is is definitely a spectrum and some toddlers at this age need no nap I know you might not want to hear that but they don't <laughs> and some still very much need a good two hours chunky nap during the day yeah. and the best way to gauge like most things on my approach is look at the miles is the manual manual miles and it's important <laughs> to get it into context to know how much nap he needs we need to look at how he's behaving in the bedtime routine or what's he like in the bedtime routine that's a better word for it how how's he going to bed and there is a bit of a tussle come bedtime so I do think that is linked to his naps and also just a bit of reassurance that it is completely normal for them to have a different nap routine at nursery or childcare mm -hmm. at home yeah. and I do not expect your toddler to go down at exactly the same time at, 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 even at home exactly the same time every day and yeah. sleep for the same amount of hours every day because they're all really different um, and again it's important to get it into context and what's going to work for your toddler I have a feeling do, does it does the time tussle happen every single night more often than not, yes. More often than not. I am wondering whether he is like the type, the most important thing at Miles's age, if he needs a nap, he's having it and it's in the yeah. middle of the day. So yeah. there's that's a double tick before we start. But I am wondering whether he's just getting a bit too much nap during the day for him. And sometimes it can be a real chicken and egg situation because yeah. what comes first, they go to bed late. So they're having less sleep overnight. So they need more nap during the day mm -hmm. or and then they're more nap during the day. So they're not ready for bed and then yeah. have less sleep overnight. Now, 
I know that one of the things that you really wanted to focus today was the bedtime resistance. Mm -hmm. Really common if you're listening to this and your toddler is resisting bedtime, their routine, you're not alone, definitely not. And it's really, really common. And that might be causing you the sticky bit, trying to get him down. But actually, we don't focus on that bit because but he's having a bedtime resistance try to see that as a symptom of something that's coming on before mm-hmm. that and my approach isn't doesn't matter whether it's bedtime or nighttime if that is a sticking point we always look at what comes before that because mm-hmm. trying to what again I think there's so much content out there including my stuff mm-hmm. that we forget sleep is a biological process mm-hmm. and nobody miles no toddler none of us are going to go to sleep unless we've got enough tide in our tank deep pressure to get us there yeah and i have a feeling that he is tussling bedtime because he is having a really chunky nap during the day and like two and a half hours that's a lot of nap. like there's nothing wrong with that if he needs it but mm-hmm. that's quite a lot of nap for him and yes. i am wondering whether we might need to cap that nap and i'm hoping the theory behind that as i really dislike waking a sleeping toddler um i wouldn't i'm quite <laughs> calculated i wouldn't do it unless i thought it was going to have an impact but waking him from his nap more consistently at a more consistent time can can re- i've seen it really make a big difference to what they're doing okay. at bedtime does that make sense it is and it's, it's interesting because so we never let him sleep past half past two um so we always make sure that he has like a good chunk of awake time before we start wind down and, and bedtime or what have you but even when he has a two and a half hour nap versus say an hour to an hour and a half we're still finding the struggle to go to sleep is still there yeah and yeah. that's um, that's still putting him down consistently at the same sort of time as well yeah so the wake time so even mm-hmm. if he has a how often is he at nursery uh four days a week four days a week and then so even if he has a shorter nap he still yeah. resists bedtime yeah yeah I mean, the wake window is just one part of it. You have to look at the wake time, yeah. the amount of time, wake time that he's having before bed, <clears throat> and also the length of nap as well. Yeah. It also might take a few days of consistently capping okay. it before it gets to that point. Um, now, I would never want a parent to do something that they didn't feel comfortable, that didn't make sense, it didn't resonate mm-hmm. with them. Um, but does that resonate with you to, to cap that? And I wouldn't go, yeah, I wouldn't I mean, go gung ho. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to cap it. It's just, I don't know at what point do I cap it? I would probably meet him in the middle. Like at home, there's a common theme. He has an hour and a half, sometimes at nursery and sometimes at home as well. Yeah. So I would probably wake him. I'd probably get to around one and a half hours, one hour, okay. 45 minutes. But I, yeah. Think I would cap it slowly because to go from two and a half hours at home yeah to then just one and a half hours on his home days that's quite yeah. a big jump so yeah. my suggestion would be I love a tiny weeks over time approach I would probably take it down to say two hours okay for three or four days give him time to adjust and it, and it is going to take a little bit longer because he yeah. is at nursery as well some of the time and then once you're there keep checking in and see what happens with bedtime and what's happening overnight okay and then um cap it again okay do it very slowly and this yeah. comes back to 
that there's it's rarely just one reason why they're up at night time like mm-hmm. naps are just one part of it bedtime is another part of it bedtime boundary how he goes to sleep could be playing a part so it's not simple as me saying what well, you just got to cap his nap and that's going to improve bedtime yeah. in the night it, it it might do but it's more likely into other areas too it's just one part of it and I think you are his expert nobody knows Miles better than anybody else than you do or what he needs better than anyone else Mm -hmm. um but he again I forgot where I was going with this I don't know what is wrong with me today (laughs) but it's with the capping of the nap I think what I was trying to say is it might just take a while to get to that point that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah it a little bit more consistently and once he the nap is a little bit more consistent it's easier then to see what's going on around that does that make sense it does yeah and I guess I always thought that on the days that he was at home so he goes to nursery Monday through Thursday um and I always just assumed that he would nap longer at home because he was so tired from nursery because he's on the go all the time yeah so I just thought oh he's home now so he's you know He's, he's got that extra time to unwind and, and kind of get back yeah. that rest. Yeah. But maybe that's not the case. Well, it could be. It could, it could be that he's in a familiar environment. He hasn't got the hustle and bustle that goes yeah. on at nursery. It could well be that he's, but he is getting, he's more tired come his home days and he wants to sleep a little bit more. And quite often, like, I don't expect him to sleep the same amount of time. I said this before every single day because yeah. that's crazy talk. Nobody really does that. Um, but consistency is normal for his nap length to wiggle around because it would yeah. depend on what's happened at night time what time he's woken up what's going on around that and quite lots and lots of parents come to me looking for two things actually consistency and confidence mm-hmm. and that consistency doesn't come will never ever come from your toddlers or your babies or your smalls because yeah by nature they are quite naturally inconsistent but actually the consistency comes from us and sometimes it isn't until we've capped the nap or, or working on whatever I've suggested a little bit more consistently then Mm -hmm. it moves you forward and I'm also as honest as they come it might not be anything to do with his nap at all I could have been wrong um I'm always very honest that we don't know until we start working together and and actually putting it in place and seeing what happens that actually I get a better I need context and that time together to see what's going on but we need a place to start and I think taking his nap down to two hours and maybe pushing bedtime a little bit later is very likely to be the key. As long, okay. the caveats that the key, as long as it's made complete sense to you. And yeah. of course, you are happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're willing to try whatever we can do um, yeah. to help him do that. But obviously, don't, we don't, all, I, all I don't, all that I don't want to do is put him in the situation where he gets so upset again um, that he's, you know, being sick or what have you. Yeah, that's never going to happen on my approach, Becky. Yeah. I've never, ever. And if it got to that, I think that's a really important conversation to have is if that if it doesn't feel right, whoever's approach, whatever approach you're doing, whoever you're working with, me included, if it doesn't feel right, you're always in control and in charge on my approach. If it doesn't feel right, if they're getting too upset, you can always park it. Yeah. 
because I too don't want them to get to that point either. Yeah. And I think the other important thing to know is it does take time. I know that I do this all the time. I call it Amazon Prime Patience, where I do something once mm-hmm. and then I just expect it to mm-hmm. just happen. Like going yeah. to the gym, yeah. I expect to go to one bustle rope class <clears throat> and have lost a stone miraculously yeah. by the morning. It's not <laughs> going to happen. It takes time. So when we make a change, it is such as tapping a nap. It is important to give it time afterwards because it could take seven to ten days of tapping the nap consistently before yeah. it starts to have a knock-on impact onto bedtime and the nights. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I again it's so easy to do something once or twice, realize well actually it's not working, especially if we're not looking at everything else that goes around that, and yeah. then think, oh it's not working, we'll just leave it. I think that's quite an important part of my approach as well is to give it the time to let yeah. pardon the pun here to let it bed in yeah <laughs> cool. but I still very much feel he needs a nap um I just yes, think he's definitely very does. slowly taking it back so it's more in line with what he's doing at nursery yeah okay fine we can do that and then the other thing is I just I think this is also um important to mention is I call it overcompensating I've not I've not managed to come up with a catchy catchphrase for this <laughs> but it is normal that if they have unsettled night sleep or they've been at nursery we can never really bank sleep because once it's gone it's gone we can't yeah up, so to speak but it is normal for them to want to over they want to overcompensate and have more nap on those days that they're able to yeah <clears throat> and also from a parent perspective it's normal to want to give them that yes. to catch yeah. up because you worry about them not getting enough. Yeah. Like parents worry, full stop, end of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Telling parents not to worry is neither helpful or healthy. Um, so it's normal that you're going to worry that they're not getting enough sleep. They better make up for it. Or if they take it, we better give it to them. But mm-hmm. again, trying to stick with it. I like to think of things as being in windows. I don't believe life with a toddler, I'm sure you'll probably agree, Becky, is perfect yeah. or precise. But he yeah. is going to shift around and wiggle around and do things a little bit different on the daily. But ideally, we don't want his, like, the um, four, no, three days a week he's at home. Ideally, we don't want him doing an extra an hour's nap, potentially, yeah. because that could come out of bedtime, that sleep time in a week. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Yeah, it does. Cool. So any questions about naps? Um, no, I don't. When, well, yeah, actually. When would you expect toddlers to start dropping a nap? Again, this is a really huge spectrum, like most things. Okay. I, again, I'm not assuming I know Mars better than you do because that is crazy talk. Um, but it doesn't sound like he's ready to, anywhere he's near really ready to not, drop that Yeah. Oh. I really, I don't know him and I really don't think he is. He is taking a really chunky nap every day and he goes down quite quickly. Yeah. Um, anywhere from 18 months, young, okay. um, wow. but it okay. does happen. And sometimes all the way up to four. The only time I suggest moving to a no nap day is when bedtime is really super late. Yeah. It's impacting their sleep at night time or their wake up time or um, like they're having a bit of a parent party at split night. Mm-hmm. Or they're able, if as soon as they manage to half three, four o'clock without needing a nap, that's when I would transition to a okay. day. Okay, fine. Some might need a nap. Yeah, that's full park what I would look at. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's nowhere near. He refused a nap two days in a row and he, for the whole afternoon, he was just so not with it and just yeah, not his usual self. Yeah. 
Two, I mean, you might find uh, from anywhere from 18 months, two years, that they might go the odd day without mm-hmm. dropping a nap. And yeah. again, it's natural to say, oh my goodness, that's it, they're dropping their nap and give them no nap. But it's mm-hmm. still worth putting them down for a nap. I would only go yeah. to no nap once they'd refused it for a good five to seven days. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he only refused it for two days and we still took him up yeah. anyway um, and gave him, you know, like half an hour to an hour to to figure out if he wanted to sleep or not those two days he didn't but then on the third day he went back to sleep you know went for his nap normal and fell asleep very very quickly yeah I think that sounds really sensible to do that yeah okay cool um yeah and just if you it is normal for them to especially when that no nap transition is on the cards or your toddler is thinking about that it's normal to drop a nap for a couple of days pick it up again have mm-hmm. a nap every other day like drop have not have a nap every, you know once a week like dropping naps like everything sleep related it isn't a straight line process yeah yeah definitely and it looks different but yeah it's always worth um trying that i think that was sensible yeah cool any other questions about naps not at the moment no shall we have a chat about bedtime Something yeah let's bedtime is a biggie because this is one of the biggest things um for you and miles is this bedtime resistance yeah so what time well first of all i want to start off there is a lot of pressure like most things sleep related to get Mm -hmm. them to sleep at a set time yeah and that time is quite often 7 p.m i call it the 7 p.m pressure and some toddlers at Miles's age are ready for bed at 7pm and some most definitely aren't so sometimes Mm -hmm. looking at bedtime it's always looking at a general guide of an age-appropriate bedtime and you've also got to get it you've got to get it into context for Miles as well because if he's having a cracking two and a half hour nap during the day or an hour and a half nap during the day chances are he's not going to be ready for bed even then some some toddlers and he's always your baby some toddlers yeah. you need a real they're just not ready for bed before course to eight, eight o'clock so sometimes mm-hmm. it's about shifting our expectation and taking that pressure off that they've got to get to bed within that window um, yeah. and the other thing is, is if um if he's having a, a nap during the day that can also push bedtime later so let's let's talk about what time is he going to bed at the moment um, more consistently than not, he'll go to bed between half past, he'll go to sleep anyway, between half past seven and eight o'clock. Okay. And is, do you feel that's too late? Um, I would prefer him to be asleep by half past seven than eight o'clock. Um, but, I, you know, I can't force him to sleep. <laughs> no, no. And I think that's really important. I, I think I mentioned it before, um, early on in the episode that sleep is a biological function he is not mm-hmm. going to especially for toddlers um, even babies but especially more especially for toddlers is that he's not going to be able to fall asleep unless he's had he's got enough tide in his tank yeah. deep pressure and he's had enough wake time to fall asleep and to gauge that we have to look at what's happening during the day so quite often there's a bed, bit of bedtime resistance but they're not resisting bedtime just that they need a little bit of a later bedtime yeah. or they need less nap it's a bit of a like I think life 
is all about trade-off <laughs> and I, yeah when it comes to parenting it's a trade-off but I think if he's having a nap during the day and it's a decent nap even if he wasn't having a nap some toddlers at this age just are not ready for bed until half seven eight o'clock some yeah. even as late as eight eight thirty and it can feel really late the mm-hmm. reason why sometimes we're not going to bed much later than that yeah and also it comes back to that pressure so I'm always honest and upfront with the best will in the world he miles just might not be ready to fall asleep at 7 30 yeah and I'm sure you've probably sussed this already but trying to get a toddler that isn't ready for bed or hasn't got enough tide in their tank and hasn't had enough awake window trying to get them down it's really it can feel really frustrating mm-hmm. and forceful not only for you but for miles because mm-hmm. you're going to get frustrated with him because he's not going to sleep when yep. you think he should be and he's going to get cross because he's just not ready to get to sleep does that make yes. sense yeah absolutely yeah so if you wanted to get him to i mean how important i always go by the point how important is it that he gets the 7 30 bedtime um i guess it's not I think it comes back to the the pressure of them being in bed by a certain time. Um, but also, it I wouldn't mind, but I still want an evening to sit down with my husband and, and relax yeah. um, before we go to bed. Because we're not late people. We don't go to bed that late. You know, we're up sometimes by about nine o'clock. Um, so that doesn't give us that much time yeah. after we've put miles down. Um, yeah, selfishly, I'd want a bit more time with with him um but I'm not opposed to like an eight o'clock or a half past eight yeah it's not honestly it's not selfish wanting to spend time with your partner wanting an evening wanting to go like any of those things Mm -hmm. it's just you can always count on me to be real even if yeah parents don't want to hear it I think with the best will in the world, some toddlers are just not ready to go to bed at 7.30. Yeah. And I do feel parenting isn't a battle that feels like it, but sometimes it is about picking your battles. I think if you do want to get them into bed at 7, 7.30, my suggestion would be to take that nap. nap. Re- yeah. Like really cap that back. Um, yeah. And also, what time is he up in the morning? Um, between half six and seven. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the wake-up time because at the moment that's a civilized time to start yeah. the day but I think if you are trying to get and again I'm going to caveat with this even when we cap the naps some toddlers are just not ready for a later bedtime but if that okay. 7 30 bedtime is really important to you which there's nothing selfish about that it would yeah. be really reducing that nap back I would do it okay. slowly but yeah. get to around an hour and you've really got more time getting him down at 7 30 yeah it really doesn't work or you know in hindsight you go back and you listen to this recording which I hope you will yes of course (laughs) realize actually I'm going to just the trade-off of having that battle because what will happen is you'll probably have a slightly later bedtime but instead of fighting for that extra half an hour you could probably have some time together like start your evening routine already so Mm -hmm. that when you have gotten down to bed you're I, again, I don't know how it feels for you and your family, but you're less likely to be frazzled because you yeah. haven't had that battle. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it does. At the moment, you've got the battle and the late bedtime and that all that pressure. Where yeah. If you nudge bedtime that little bit later, you're gonna like you're likely to have less of a battle, and you'll you'll be in just mindset 
can change so drastically then mm -hmm. that you'll be already be in a bit more of a, a mindset then to have your evening yeah and also just to, I think it is worth noting is that again there's so much pressure to keep playing with your toddlers and and going all the way up till bedtime mm -hmm. if there is a late bedtime it is about a compromise yes he's only two <laughs> and or however old your little ones are listening and he might not you you might want to spend time together but it's okay to start shifting meet in the middle right miles you might need a light later bedtime but that might mean that he has a bit of if, if he'll let you or he um you start your your adult evening whilst he's still up does that make sense yeah, you don't yeah. feel necessary that can that's helpful for quite a lot of parents yeah yeah we will we can definitely try the starting of our time together while he's still up it's not something that I thought of before um because we will just sit and watch telly whereas Miles will not sit and watch telly yeah um so it's always it never feels relaxing because yeah. there's always one eye on him making sure that he's not yeah you know causing havoc elsewhere in the house yeah totally totally get it. and I wasn't just to be clear I wasn't thinking for anybody listening that we just leave them to it it is just <laughs> meeting them in the middle like maybe having you know, something nice to I know you're having an evening drink even if that's just a cup of tea and you just yeah. hang out together and do a little bit of do you know just small things can make such a big difference mm -hmm. yeah but my suggestion would be I think even if you cut that nap back I would be surprised if you could get him in bed for seven I think my okay. suggestion would be to cap the nap but I probably wouldn't try getting him down much before half seven quarter to eight yeah okay cool and if you do decide after digesting it all and listening to it back that actually now you feel whatever a bit more reassured that it, it to take off that pressure then absolutely push that bedtime 8, 8.30 yeah. and okay. let him nap as long as he wants during the day. Yeah. And so when you're saying for him to be in bed, you know, between half past seven, quarter to eight, whatever, is that, so at the moment we're putting him in bed at seven o'clock and he's awake, but we're giving him that time in bed. We're still in the room with him, but he's in bed and it's like a, a chill time. So we're not expecting him to be asleep at seven. Sometimes he will just fall asleep, but um, that very rarely happens but we try and get him in his bed so it's, it's almost like a okay so it's bedtime now so it's time to you know calm down and relax and just lay down and um, get ready for sleep yeah and that makes total sense to do that um, but you mentioned before that he's a complete firecracker yeah that he is on the ball he's yeah. you described him as a little ball of energy and lots yes. of parents listening will also have toddlers that are little <laughs> firecrackers and it makes sense to put them into bed early and give them that time to futz around mm -hmm. but actually sometimes putting it's, everything is a balance because if we put them into bed too early and they're not ready they're just going to futz around get impatient yeah. you're going to end up just staying in like he'll go you'll put him in the bed at seven but there's going to be a bit of a tussle and he's, still, he's probably not going to sleep until half seven quarter to eight so you're yeah. better off putting him in I'd probably put him in the cot 10-15 minutes before you okay. would like him asleep and okay. again it's such a small thing that, that can make a really big difference to your mindset after you've got him because at the moment there's a lot going on he's in bed at seven you're in the bedroom he's taking quite a long time to go down and there's a bit of resistance there but if we could yeah. change two of those that could transform your evenings yeah yeah for sure I'd also like to get 
this is on my wish list of sleep <laughs> um, to get to a point where we can put him in his bed and we can leave the room and yeah. he'll put himself to sleep because at the moment that, that well that's never happened we've always been in the room with him until he falls asleep yeah. um, he likes to hold either my hand or, or Josh's hand to fall asleep yeah okay well, should we talk about that now yeah is there anything else is there anything you would like has that all made sense of naps and bed? yeah yeah no it does yeah it makes complete sense and it's been helpful there's you've got some oh, yeah, ideas there sure. oh yeah absolutely amazing okay let's talk about falling asleep independently then so I do think your sleep aims of getting to that point where he falls asleep in his cot independently is achievable and yeah. realistic okay. um, I've supported lots of toddlers to fall asleep in their cot or their bed by themselves but it does take time and support and again one of mm-hmm. my biggest roles is encouraging parents to let go of their expectation yeah. I would let go of the expectation that you're going to be able to go from where you are now to him go especially because I actually feel that working on naps and bedtime is likely to speed that process up he's likely to need less support because we're not I think at them again it's very difficult I'm not there so I can't say for sure quite often I see it in practice where they're not they're not ready for beddy so they're not Mm -hmm. ready for bed we put them down and then because they're not ready we try and coax them yeah nobody has control over sleep no sleep no parent nobody and when we start getting to that point where we're coaxing them we end up doing loads more to get them yeah. to sleep does that make sense so actually yeah. pushing everything later or figuring out what you're going to do with the nap bedtime it's very likely to help with that and you might find that he doesn't need as quite as much hands-on support because mm-hmm. he is ready for bed so that's one thing and then okay. the other thing that is to take off the expectation from where you where you are now where he falls asleep with you in the bedroom going out of the room doing that in one fell go that is a really big change for miles yeah. and for you and parenting is often a constant conflict of emotions like you might know that yes that's where you'd like to work towards but it's important to acknowledge that it's a big change for you too it is yeah it really really is and even when parents are really happy with the approach it resonates it's a fit for them all of these really good things and they know it's the right thing or the best thing for their family it still is hard when we make those changes so my suggestion would be to work on what you're going to figure figure out what you're going to do with the naps and bedtime first and yeah. work on that so we've got the t- so he is going to sleep with your support as is for mm-hmm. at least three to four nights and it, it yeah. feels it feels comfortable and you're confident doing that and then when it comes to moving away from um supporting them to fall asleep a little bit more independently the two most important things are time and support because it is okay. going to take him time. We're making a really big change. The easiest thing to probably do would be to, I mean, how do you feel if you're his expert? How do you think he would feel if you just got up and walked out of the room? A, have you tried that? And B, how do you think he would be? Um, we have tried that and he was inconsolable. Okay, let's not, um, let's not, <laughs> let's not go down that teaching again. <laughs> Um, I'd rather avoid that. My suggestion yeah. then would be to go really super slowly. And I think that first step could be something as simple as stay with him and hold his hand. He's almost asleep, but not quite. Okay. Then leave the bedroom, drop hands and leave the bedroom. So he's yeah. not quite asleep, 
but he's not quite awake either yeah. that makes sense okay. that dreaded drive yeah. a bit awake isn't it yeah. and what we're doing there is we're just giving him that that practice and patience which is so important when we're learning something new and he's figuring out how to fall asleep a little bit more independently it gives him that time to do it and then if he gets upset starts crying he gets emotionally uneasy my suggestion would be to go straight back in there hold hands until he's almost asleep again but not quite Mm -hmm. leave before he falls asleep so what we're doing there is we're giving him what he needs and what he wants to get to sleep you in the room that complete reassurance which is completely normal like falling mm -hmm. is I'm not I don't push independent sleep on my approach but we can definitely work towards it if you if you want to but it does take time to get there so we're giving him that reassurance do it but we're also giving him that practice to do that last little bit himself which in time doing that tiny tweaks over time doing that over time means that you can get he gets confident that he can do that last bit himself and you get confident that he can do it and then once you can do that then you can just start to leave a little bit earlier each time yeah it's it's funny because nap times going back to nap time so I've tried to do it without the hand but just sit on the bed so he can see me and a couple of times and for about a week he fell asleep without me needing to hold his hand but since then that was about two months ago since then it he has needed the hand again yeah and again it comes back to that consistency that we were talking about it's normal for them to to need to take more time to go to sleep either at naps or bedtime it's normal yeah. for them to need more support some some naps some bedtime but that key to being consistent is them it's always okay to give them that support so I never yeah. withhold anything you don't need to wait for that respect you don't need to wait withhold going in but the key is to leave or hold his or let go of his hand just before he falls all the way to sleep consistently yeah, okay. and that nudges him does that make sense yeah it does yeah but yeah that's really common really really common so how does that sound at bedtime does that all make sense it does yes definitely yeah. I just think we'll probably try tonight as well <laughs> the slower you go the easier it is I'd probably work on if if there was like everything on my approach has a priority order I'd probably yeah. suggest doing the naps first because okay. you're going to find it so much easier to work on getting out of the room when he's actually ready for bed and he's yeah. tired enough um otherwise if they're over or under tired in Mars's case that it you need more and more support to get there yeah. and just do it very very slowly so just to repeat that bit you do your normal bedtime routine you sit just as you are like next to the cot holding hands just before he falls asleep calmly and confidently leave the room give him that all important practice and patience to use that last wee bit of falling asleep himself mm -hmm. does it amazing that's a sleep yeah. stride. If he gets upset, emotionally easy, he wakes. That's okay. That's all part of the process. My approach is definitely a process. We just go in straight away. Again, that's really important. We don't need mm -hmm. to wait or withhold. We go in straight away, hold his hands until he's almost asleep again, leave again. Yeah. yeah. Build up. Okay. And that first night, it might take him much longer to fall asleep. Yeah. You might need to go in and out, in and out, in and out. That's all part of the process. I put no time constraints on them when we're changing bedtime boundaries because it's a biggie. And mm -hmm. I don't put an arbitrary number on how many times you have to go in and out. We just hold that space for him. The first night you might have to go in and out, in and out numerous times. 
I would go with him. But hopefully over time, the time it takes and the amount of support he takes is likely to be temporary. And as he gets more practice at it and everybody gets more confident with it, I'm hoping that he won't need to go back in so much and that we gently nudge him to get to that point where you hold hands, hold his hands just before he falls asleep and then um, leave the room. Yeah. And okay. he does that last bit himself, which I think will help with the nights as well. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, because again, I'm always very honest up front, <laughs> nothing is one size fits all. It might not work for him. He might find that really difficult. Toddlers respond in so many different ways. And for me, it's always finding a way that is working for them. Um, is if that doesn't work, my suggestion would be to step it back a bit. So do the same thing, but sitting on the bed. So you do exactly the same thing we've yeah. just gone through, but you sit on the bed instead of leaving the room. And yeah. then once you're able to sit on the bed consistently, then you can start leaving just before he falls asleep. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Good. I'm glad that made sense because in my head, I was like, did that even make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It did, yes. Yeah. And my two like really big piece of advice when it takes bedtime boundaries is to take that pressure off that he's going to do it straight away it takes yeah. time patience and repetition all of those things this is care it out so there's no control crying leaving them to cry but there's often a period of adjustment and just because mm -hmm. it's care it out it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a piece of cake I think that's really important it can feel like hard work still but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong thing to do only you know that and if you get to the point where he's finding it too much you get anywhere near that point where he he is getting sick again just stop just park yeah. it okay. because yeah. it comes back to we can't control that like we can't we can nudge them in the direction of independent mm -hmm. sleep and we can help set it up but we can't push them to be independent we can't teach yeah. them to be independent first yeah. of all they need to be dependent and then that comes as they come, become a little bit older yeah does that make sense it does yes cool how are you doing for time becky did you want to talk about the night um yeah we can talk about the nights i'm i'm all right for time cool i um i have a feeling working on naps everything we've gone through today naps bedtime bedtime routine bedtime boundary is very likely to help with the nights because i'm sure you've probably heard me say this before the wake-ups at night time they're a symptom of something that's going on in the setup. Yeah. so my whole approach it's not about them waking up at night time and having a magical a wake up a wake up one to wave and they get back to sleep that doesn't yeah. make any sense to do that because even though Mars might not be giving this impression there is always a genuine reason why he's up at night time and it could mm -hmm. well be it comes back to everything is linked we've gone full circle it could be that he is having a little bit too much nap on some yeah. days for him so his his circadian rhythm is finding it hard to be consistent because okay. someday you're not doing anything wrong absolutely not making doing anything or making mistakes but some days there's a good hour and a bit difference between yeah. some naps he's having and the more yes it's normal to wiggle wiggle around but the more inconsistent or the what the 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 what the more wild that wiggle or window the harder it is for their circadian rhythm to get consistent but i think okay. that will help as well so when he's awake at night time it could well be that he's run out of sleep pressure he's just had enough much sleep during the day it yeah so be that um he it's a bedtime boundary so time boundary sitting with them to, to sleep is net or supporting your toddler to sleep 
is never a bad habit. You are never, ever a negative anything. Um, but sometimes that can cause a bit of a bedtime boundary block because when Miles yeah. wakes up, he realises two things. A, you're not there and B, um, you're not holding hands. And that yeah. can, especially as the night goes on, can mean that he finds it a bit tricky to stitch his sleep cycle together. So working on bedtime boundaries is very likely to nudge the nights forward. Yeah. So my suggestion would be to work on that from bedtime boundaries first. Get yourself out of the room because, again, not a know-it-all. I get it wrong all the time. Um, <laughs> just look at us trying to set up this web, this podcast <laughs> today. I get things wrong. And nobody is perfect. Um, but nine times out of ten, working on those things improves the nights. And it's only once you're out of the room at bedtime and the naps are sorted that I would even look at changing the nights because okay. there's absolutely no point he's up for a reason no amount of yeah. cajoling or coaxing him back to sleep is going to get him back to sleep so for me work on why he's waking up and for me I think for miles that is coming back to his naps and how he goes to sleep I'm really yeah. hoping working on those nudges the nights forward in the meantime I know you mentioned that co-sleeping wasn't working for you. Yeah, it's it's it was for the longest time and I thoroughly enjoyed it because it's nice to just have your baby there with you. Um, but yeah, now because I'm so heavily pregnant, it's just not, yeah. it's not working. I, you know, there's no space left for me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I, my, one of my favourite mantras, if it's working for you, all is well, and if it isn't, we can work on it. Yeah. And co-sleeping, just for those listening, a bit of reassurance, if I don't believe, or I'm never, my intention is never to get your toddler to sleep this perfect sleep scenario where they've all got to sleep in a cot, because some never sleep in a cot, they've got to sleep independently, and they've got to sleep, you never co-sleep again. It's finding a sleep situation that works for you. And yeah. some families just having a bit of an evening together that's enough happy to co-sleep some families are happy to co-sleep from the get-go some are happy later on in the evening uh, later on in the night for me it always comes down to you and for some like the co-sleeping just doesn't work and that's okay too so mm -hmm. my suggestion would be if just wanted to reassure um people that if you bringing them into your bed at night time and co-sleeping for the rest of the night whatever time you're doing it isn't giving in giving <laughs> giving them com doing the wrong thing it's not lazy if it's working for you all is well and you don't need to change however if it isn't working for you my suggestion would be to figure out why they're waking up so all the things we've gone through for miles today and then when he does wake up my suggestion would be to I call it the bed buffer is to just have us um, pick a set amount of time that you feel comfortable with mm -hmm. so Five, some families even choose five minutes to begin with, but five, 10, 15, 25 minutes. And when he wakes up, take the time to resettle him in the cot before bringing him into your bed. Because chances are, I mean, it, again, I sometimes get it wrong, but chances are sometimes giving them that time to settle in the cot, because that time, even if it's five minutes, will feel like five hours at night. Time. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Sometimes, oh, yeah. But sometimes giving them that time to do it moves them forward and they settle back into their cot for another yeah. chunk of time yeah. and then take off again take off that expectation that when we're moving away from co-sleeping in the middle of the night that you've got to do it all at once you can do it really gradually everything I do everything on my approach is a very gradual approach start doing that at the first wake up and see 
bit curious and see how long, A, whether he settles back into his bed that way, or mm-hmm. he might not even get to this point if everything else works. But if you do get yeah. to this point, give him that chance to settle for that first wake up. And then when he next wake up, when he next wakes up, if, if you're happy to rotate, you can crack on. And then if it's not, which you said it isn't working for you, then you can do the same again. And it's such, again, it's such a tiny tweak from what you're doing, but that can make a really big difference because mm-hmm. it's at nighttime, it's so easy to get into that mindset of, they're awake oh they must want to come into bed and that's yeah. again, no bad thing um it's not a mistake but by doing that straight away we're not giving them that practice and that time yeah. to get back into their bed so sometimes just giving them that bed buffer it moves you forward yeah yeah I, we're definitely guilty of we'll give them what feels like 10-15 minutes but actually probably is no more than a few minutes yeah um to get him back into his bed and then if he doesn't he comes in with us it's completely normal and again this ties in with why I very rarely look at changing anything in the night because it is so hard to do that it's so tiring Mm -hmm. and so hard to do that yeah so changing what we do at night time really is the last resort yeah okay and working on everything before that again is very likely to move you forward yeah and then the step up from that would be to um I would see if that works and then again up a notch would be instead of um him coming into your bed you could i don't know how if this is going to work for you becky because mm. pregnant being heavily pregnant <laughs> but staying in the room with him it's so, something that we have discussed for sure um and it would be it wouldn't be me but it would be one of us that did it yeah which is fine and then what that does is again it's a trade-off it's a middle ground he's getting a parent in the room which that I think that's what he needs is he needs you to be with him when he wakes up and I think a big part of that is bedtime boundary so I'm literally saying a prayer up to the seat gods now that that helps you move forward (laughs) um but when he wakes up and if that doesn't work if the bed buffer doesn't work the next step would be okay we are going to um stay in your bedroom you can have me or or you did say dad before didn't you I'm yes assuming. Yeah. yeah um you can have me or dad or other parent but the next the next loving limit that we put in is that you stay in their bedroom yeah and then take that time to settle back to sleep and then once you've done that then you can start to wiggle yourself out of the room and once they've got in that confident actually everybody you're confident that they can go back to sleep in their cot you're they're confident that they can do it sometimes that then nudges them on as well and then if yeah. not it's so much easier to remove a parent than it is to remove a baby or a toddler yes. yeah parents yeah. tend to give me less grief <laughs> than toddlers and then it would be the same thing you would then that is very likely to have craps are co-sleeping by then but okay. for some there is another stage where you would leave just before they fall asleep but yeah okay I honest hand on heart I hope you know that I would be honest with you I can't a year since that happened because okay. usually by working on all of those things it would stop to that point okay cool cool how does that sound does that all make sense it does yes it does cool yeah I mean my biggest worry with all things sleep is that I just don't want it to feel like I've left him yeah I think this is a really common worry and again it comes back to parents worry full stop um yeah 
it's completely normal and my whole approach is if he needs your support we are always going to go to him on my approach yeah um but it is normal just because they are away and my approach is always listening to what your toddler or your smalls or your babies are telling you because if they're not asking for support just because they're awake or making noise it doesn't always mean that they're asking for support and needing you and I know Mm -hmm. some it's for some families that can figure off emotions that their child has been left or abandoned or we're ignoring them but that's just never going to happen on my approach because if he asks for support he's emotionally uneasy we are always going to go in straight away every single time it's I think it's a it's really hard to boil down what carry it out really is about because there's so many things now that that there's little parts of it but I think it does boil down to it's a trust thing parents have to trust themselves I think that's really important and mm-hmm. trust your toddler trust that if he needs you he is going to ask for you very very there's going to be no mistaking it and then we're going yeah. to go in straight away and he yeah. has to trust that um if he asks for support you're going to go and just because they are awake or you're not going to them straight away again I think we've almost flipped in 20 years we've almost flipped the other way so again I'm really not I hope it never comes across this way but I'm never a know-it-all you never ever stop learning and I think that point when you say that you've stopped learning I think that's a very dangerous path to be to be sliding down but mm-hmm. I was a nanny my background is I was a nanny for 20 years and 20 years ago it was it is worse than it is now everybody just did there was no alternative there was no Instagram there was no groups there was no NCT well there probably was but it was it it just it wasn't like it how it is now yeah and everybody did the whole kind of didn't even think about it just did the majority in fact that's not fair me to everybody but the majority was it does cry out and it yeah. just that's what he just did and yeah. now we've almost gone full circle in the 22 years and now he just not responding straight away or them being awake or them crying and not going straight away it's all of a sudden gone with that sleep training or they're being ignored or their needs aren't being met and mm-hmm. that isn't yes that might be the case for some but not for not the case for the families that I'm working with definitely does yeah. that make sense yeah it does yeah like just because they're crying, just because they're awake, just because they are, you can't get to them straight away, especially with food, it's impossible to, to go straight away. Mm-hmm. Or um, even if we're going straight away, we can't always get to them. Like you can't be there every time they wake up. Yeah. Not translating my eyes to sleep training, them feeling abandoned or feeling ignored. Mm-hmm. Does that make, does, does that even make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of pressure now to have no crying. And I definitely come under criticism for this. So mm. all the time, like you'll just get messages, you know, you're just promoting it's unrealistic to have no tears. I'm like, I'm not saying it's no tears. I'm just saying if they're crying, we're going to go to them. It is completely yeah. different. It's not about your child never having any any emotions. It's not about not allowing them to feel sad or disappointed or shush them. Actually, don't like shushing a baby or I, I hate being shushed myself I get mm. really really triggered when people shush me mm-hmm. husband or somebody I think somebody did that to me at school and I feel so much shame when people when somebody says that word to me that I'm, yeah. I've got a real bee in my bonnet about um, not shushing children or infants because I don't like it no it's not about them um, never 
you can't always go to them straight away. It's not about that. It's not about them not crying or not having these emotions. All emotions are valid. It's just a balance and meeting their needs when yeah. they ask you simply, simply that. Yeah. yeah. I think a good way of looking at it is somebody said to me that, oh gosh, they're not going to have any attachment because they cry in their, in their car seat or, you know, when they're in the high chair, but they cry all they babies and toddlers simply and adults simply cry oh, yeah. when we are communicating and it isn't yeah. about muting that I think it's really important yeah and just because they are crying it doesn't necessarily mean that it's sleep training no that's all yes god it must, it's hard being a parent it is <laughs> so I think ultimately you just want to get it right yeah that you know i I just want to know that I'm giving him every opportunity that I can to to do the stuff on his own. And if he's not ready to do it on his own, then that's fine. We'll, you know, yeah. we'll get there when we get there. But I just want to know that I am giving him every opportunity to do what he needs or yeah. do what he can do. Yeah, you're doing all. Do you know what? All parents are amazing in my eyes and you are doing an amazing job, Becky. Thank you. I think it's so important. There is I've seen over the years more and more pressure on parents yeah it's especially in this social media age it's, it's mm-hmm. all you ever really see is that if your child isn't sleeping through the night by six months old and there's something wrong with them or you know if they're not walking by a certain point or if they're not talking by a certain point or if they're not meeting certain milestones you know that there's something wrong or that you've done something wrong but it's really not the case for the yeah. most part it's you know they all learn at yeah. their own pace yeah they're all different and we can't I get so much in practice like we're always I think it's human nature to always look to the future I call it future forecasting so you're always looking to get them crawling it's and it starts yeah. from birth so get them napping get them crawling yeah. get them walking but by doing that and always looking to the future we're not in the present with them and mm-hmm. the moment is what matters because that's all we've got and constantly worrying or looking to the future it's just stealing the joy from from the moment and babies and toddlers they're just I think everybody is on their own I'm going to sound really woo-woo now but everybody's on their own journey but especially toddlers yeah I remember when Miles was a newborn and I would hold him all the time because I wanted to soak in all of that time with him and somebody said to me you know you need to put him down because he needs to he needs to get used to being laid by himself and I'm like but why? Why? But why? I why? What's wrong with me holding him and, and loving him and showing him that I love him? Yeah. As adults, we do that. I vowed yeah. that I would never be that that um, wife that couldn't go to sleep without her husband. And I can't go to sleep without him in the bed now. I mm-hmm. hate it when he's away. Yeah, me too. So why, if we need that as adults, like we why, need to... Yeah to sleep with some not everybody of course but we need to share a bed or be close to someone we need that connection we might need to drink a water at night time we might be processing stuff yeah. at night time why would it be any different for our small people i i, I just yeah. i don't get it exactly exactly it's crazy yeah. yeah i think i might need to you've inspired me to do a podcast on pre- parenting pressure yes that's definitely something needs to be spoken about it i think because that really was the biggest reason why I set up, well, I was Kerry, no, what was I when I set up? Yeah, Kerry Cares Parenting, which is yeah. why I set that up, because so many parents felt that pressure. 
I really like I'm really chatty if that doesn't come across so when I was a nanny I spoke to everybody mm-hmm. in the park lots of friends and made friends with lots of parents during my my nanny gig and it came that came up all the time how much pressure they felt under yeah it, it is and I when he was younger as well and we'd go and see people and, and the very first question you get answered is how's he sleeping yeah are they good <laughs> sleeping like a baby <laughs> he's you know he's sleeping as he's gonna sleep yeah it's crazy you know? isn't it and if, and if he's not sleeping through he's not a good baby yeah so and so much is tied up to it like how your child sleeps and behaves especially in public is tied into your worth as a parent or how yeah. good a parent you are yeah and you know miles doesn't sleep through the night but if if you're around him during the day and you see how he is during the day he yes he's full of energy but he is the kindest most compassionate little boy I'm going to sound so biased here that I've ever met he's just he astounds me every single day yeah that's lovely they do I honestly could watch children all day I've oh, got that sounds really oh, dodgy <laughs> but it's just so lovely. like it's just so lovely there was a, a um in the office yesterday I was having my lunch and my office is in like a public cafe like I said mm. like a studio above and I was getting my lunch and it was like a public garden and there was this little boy just hanging out in the garden he was just not I reckon he must have been about 10 or 11 months old he just you know that stage where they've just pulled themselves up to cruising yeah. and they're very proud like he looked yeah. he had his hands on the bench and he just looked super proud and he turned around I was just staring at him because I am so broody like I was just, <laughs> I was just like looking out the window waiting for my lunch to cook in the microwave because um that's what I had for lunch yesterday a microwave meal is it a real rush? <laughs> and um, just and all of a sudden he just turned around and beamed at me and waved. Oh, and it was just yeah. such a lovely he honestly, if I don't know this one probably isn't listening, but just on the off chance, if you were in <laughs> Hackney Wick yesterday in a cafe, you saw a strange lady looking out <laughs> of the window waving at the toddler. That was I, and it honestly made my day. I went back so happy, but he was so joyful. They just need to, to, to be inquisitive and look, find that joy in that moment. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody else sat down next to him and he started waving and smiling at her. So I thought <laughs> I was special. <laughs> <laughs> it was so lovely. It's just so not like watching their expressions mm-hmm. and just watching them, how they learn. Like it's just, I find it fascinating. It is, yeah. It's amazing. how And how they just absorb everything yeah they are a literal sponge at this age yeah it's just it's the best it really is the best just watching him grow so nice. and figure out the world yeah right, it's lovely but i'm going to stop talking now because i do realize that sounds really strange watching other people's children <laughs> and that makes me sad doesn't it make you sad that we can't even find that like that yeah story? yeah he was so cute and then he walked off <laughs> Yes, it was a lovely, lovely moment. We had a moment. But yeah, I am going to stop talking now because I'm really waffling on. Becky, is there anything else you'd like to ask me before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. We've covered quite a lot, actually. We have covered quite I've got two pages of notes. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. Do you, have you found, two questions for you before we wrap up. Have you found it useful? Do you feel you've got things to be working on? 100% good and final question do you feel you got something out of it I do yes that is always the main thing and I'm really hoping people listening will find that as well yes I'm hoping so too 
cool. Well, I will let you go because thank you for your understanding with the whole mess up of getting recorded and me not being logged in. It's like a catalogue of errors. <laughs> but At least a, we got there. We did get there. And I think it's going to be a really super helpful podcast. But I'll let you go because I know you wanted to be away a little bit sooner than this. Thank you so, so much, Becky, coming no on worries. and sharing Miles' sleep story and talking to me. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode being out. Yes, me too. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. I'll drop you an email. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.